As a disclaimer, the information provided in this episode is for informational purposes only and is not intended to give advice or recommendations on which investments to buy. It's important that you make investments based on your own analysis and circumstances and please seek independent financial advice if you find yourself needing assistance. Welcome to Kels Talks, the podcast where I'll be discussing events and topics to do with knowledge, education, lifestyle and society. I'm your host Kelsey Francis and this week's episode will provide a 101 on investing by giving an overview of what it is and explaining how you can start investing your own money. Stay tuned. As most people are working from home now, it's been way easier to save money on not traveling to work and not traveling into the office or moving back home and avoiding paying rent. And now that people have all this spare money, a lot are wanting to do something with it. I remember my mum and dad teaching me about the money that they'd put into my bank account when I was five or six, and they would always say, this will grow five or 6% every year. And that's because back then, interest rates were around five or 6%. But now interest rates are at 0.1%. From a saver's perspective, that means that you're getting a tenth of a percent in interest payments on your savings instead of what I've got, which was five or six percent. So, for example, if you had a hundred pound in your bank account, you'd only receive 10p in interest. Considering interest is usually paid annually, that amount is genuinely quite pointless. So a lot more people are looking into the idea of investing their money instead. That way, instead of leaving the money in a savings account or an ISA, and getting between 0.1 and 1.5% interest per year, they can invest that money and make significantly more. Now, people can invest in loads of different things. There's stocks, bonds, funds, ETFs, options, futures, and so on. But the two that we'll be talking about today is stocks and funds. Before I discuss the pros and cons of trading and investing, I want to start at the basics. And that is, what does it mean to invest in stocks? So stocks and shares are interchangeable words that basically mean you own a small fraction of the company you've invested in. So what you're trying to do is buy a stock at a low price so that you can sell it at a far higher price later on. If I want to put this into a relatable analogy, if you're selling a comic book, for example, for £10, and I think it will be worth £20 at some point in the future, I'll buy that comic book for £10 from you and wait for it to reach its £20 value that I predict. When it does, I sell it and I've made £10 profit. Now, trading is obviously much more complicated than this. But if you want to understand the basis of it, you're buying a share that you think is undervalued and should be valued higher. And then over X amount of time, the company will continue to operate as normal and try and grow and make money or fulfill whatever target it has. If the company becomes more valuable, then your shares become more valuable. But at the same time, if the company becomes less valuable, then so do your shares. What I can't stress enough is that you can lose money just as quick, if not quicker than you can make it. Investing in stocks is a way you can make your money work for you, but it's not guaranteed. There's different ways you can invest to maximise the profits you make, and that takes research and the creation of a strategy, which will be explained later on. It's not just as easy as putting money into a big company and coming back to it in a year's time, seeing that you've doubled your money. To do this, you'll need to put the work in or you won't be successful. If you don't have the time to look at the stock market daily or weekly, or you just aren't interested, but you still want to get involved, then one alternative is to invest in a fund. 
Now, a fund is simply a group of professional investors that gather up loads of people's money and invest it for them. Instead of you having to buy the shares in loads and loads of companies to get decent profits, you can put your money in a fund and your profits will be based off the profits of the fund's portfolio. And the reason this is easy for beginners is because you have no say in what shares the fund buys. The fund managers and the traders do that. You can see what they buy and you can see their strategy, but you don't make any decisions on where the money goes. But this isn't necessarily a bad thing, though, because you can put money down and let them do all the work and check in here and there to see its performance. Again, this doesn't mean you don't have to do anything. You still do need to choose the right fund and see if you agree that they have the right strategy. Now, words like strategy can cause fear or apprehension, but I promise you, you can easily understand a trading strategy and form your own. Now, the two most frequent questions people ask me when they want advice on trading is, how much should I invest and how much can I make? Simply, the answer to both of these is dependent on the person. There's not a limit to how much you can make, but you have to be realistic. So for example, if you invest 100, the likelihood of you making a million from it is near enough impossible. But that doesn't mean you can't make good money investing £100 at a time. If you think about it, if you invest £100 in Apple and make 10%, which is a pretty good return, I'd say, you're only getting a £10 profit. But when you sell the shares, you can then put £110 into another stock. If you make 10% on that, you make 121 which is £11 profit. This is called compounding, where you reinvest your earnings so you can generate more profits over time. So now you have extra money saved every month. Let's say you put in £100 a month and you make on average 20% a month on your initial £100 after investing and reinvesting. You will have invested £1,200 over a year and made 1440 which is a £240 profit off of spare money you had sitting in your account and not generating any interest. While £240 might not be much, it's a hell of a lot more than nothing. And if you expand that thought process and say you want to invest £200 or £400 uh, a month, or maybe invest more actively and try and average 30% profit instead, then your earnings potential is much larger. Again, this doesn't mean you can't lose money, but if you're smart and you put in a bit of time, you can easily make your money work for you. So how can you start investing? The first thing you want to do is have a look at some trading apps or platforms to use. Apps like Trading212, eToro and Plus500 are good apps to use as a beginner. And trading platforms like Interactive Brokers and Hargreaves Lansdowne are more complicated to use, but have loads more tools that you can use to research. It's best to start off with apps that offer commission-free trading so you aren't paying for every trade you make or you'll be eating into your profits for no reason. Then decide how actively you want to trade, meaning are you going to be looking at your investments every day? Will you be investing or reinvesting weekly and so on? And what you should then do is practice. I think all trading apps and platforms have demo accounts where you can invest fake money based on real news. So when you've figured out what sort of investment strategy you want to use, you can practice it without any risk. One thing I will say, though, is that you can practice the skill side of trading, but you can't practice the psychology. You'll only be able to learn how to handle the fear of losing money when you have your own money invested. When you're confident enough and you feel you're ready to put your own money into stocks, think of whether you'll invest in stocks, funds or both. FYI, you'll never feel a switch flick 
where you wake up and feel you're 100% ready to put money down. Put smaller amounts in at first so you get used to the feeling and keep testing your strategy and then you can put more in when you feel ready. One thing you should always do when you're investing is diversify. This means investing in a variety of stocks instead of all of the same type. So for example, instead of investing £500 in five companies in the electric vehicle or EV sector, invest in several different sectors. That way, if the EV sector declines, then only one or two of your investments are affected while the others are still making money instead of all five losing out. Building on from this, risk is a key aspect to look out for when you're looking at stocks. Some stocks are riskier to invest in than others, meaning the price of the stock fluctuates a lot more in some stocks than others. Large companies like Apple and Starbucks aren't as risky to invest in, so they aren't as volatile. That being the case, the likelihood of you losing lots of them is low, but also the likelihood of you making a decent amount of them is also low. On the other hand, riskier stocks like smaller companies have the ability to rise by over 100% in a day, to be honest, and we've seen that with GameStop recently, but they can also drop significantly. The relationship is risk versus return. Riskier stocks make you more because you're taking on the risk of them making greater losses. Again, this is not a certainty. So do your research before you invest. So I've been trading since college and I've worked alongside traders at the Royal Bank of Canada, but only from an operations perspective. I now want to bring in my friend Kosh, who runs a trading page and can give a more in-depth explanation on trading strategies, how to conduct research on stocks, and give a few hints and tips on how to prepare yourself. Kosh, can you introduce yourself? Hi guys, my name is Kosh, and today I'll be going through a little bit about my story, how I got into stock trading, and hopefully add some value to allow you to be able to buy your first stock. So let's get into it. The biggest misconception in trading stocks and shares is that you need tons of experience in order to buy your first stock. However, this notion couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, take your example as Warren Buffett. He had a mentor, Benjamin Graham, and he had to learn from somewhere. But I genuinely think that your experiences in life or in business can help you get onto trading because the core concepts of business never change. I mean, the core principles, which is supply and demand, as long as you understand that, then you've got a foundation to start from. And that's what I had. Um, I've run businesses for over 10 years now um, and the principles haven't changed and they will never change. I think that is in itself, it gives you a lot of confidence. Let's take, for example, an off-license. Just a normal, it could be any business, but the most simplest form is probably your local corner shop. And his understanding of supply and demand is really buying his stock for cheap, from wholesale maybe, taking it back to his corner shop and trying to sell it for a profit. And essentially that's what you do in the stock market. You try to buy stocks for cheap and sell at a profit. My job as a stock trader was to find cheap stocks that can go up in value. When I say cheap, what I mean is relatively low value stocks. So I'm not going to be comparing um, 
a car to maybe a bicycle yes the bicycle is going to be cheaper in absolute terms but it doesn't mean it's relatively low value so when you when you look for a cheap stock you want to compare it to maybe other types of stocks so now i knew what i needed to do um, the million dollar question was how to do it how do i find these cheap stocks or relatively cheap stocks and i started reading online forums magazines watched loads of youtube videos studied um, the greats like warren buffett his business partner charlie munger um, even his mentor benjamin graham one of the books intelligent investor was really really insightful i started to learn more about the intrinsic value what a good balance sheet looks like a bad balance sheet looks like what are strong fundamentals in the end, after buying the stocks based on the fundamentals, it was very hit and miss. It was strange because they were all good, fundamentally good stocks and everything was in its direction. But some were going up, some were going down. It, it, it just wasn't making sense. So it, it led me to think that there must be a better way. Um, and that's when I started to research a little bit further. So I ended up studying like so many of these famous books, books by Martin O'Neill, How to Make Money in the Stock Markets, Mark Mavini's How to Trade Like a Stock Market Wizard. Th those books had a massive influence in what I do now, especially the books that were related to the psychology and the business side of the stock market. But there was a trader in particular Richard Wyckoff who had the biggest impact on me and he he developed a methodology that was about the accumulation the amazing um, visual understanding of the market he studied these by interviewing the greats such as Jesse Livermore and JP Morgan and some of these huge 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 investors in previous times that it really started to give you a big picture about this is more than just fundamentals. There's there's lots of stuff happening behind the scenes. But I'll never forget the quote that I read, which has the single biggest impact of my trading to date, which was three men came to Wall Street. The first always knew what was the best stock to buy and the second knew why it was the best to buy but the third knew neither of these things he only knew when to buy he made the most money that's when really the penny dropped for me now knowing that i've got all the right ingredients but the main one for me that was missing was timing the market and i was probably like the other guys you know i knew what stock to buy I knew why it was good to buy it, but I just didn't know when was the right timing. And that's when I discovered technical analysis. Technical analysis is literally seeing price movements in a visual way. I'll give you an example or an analogy. Let's take Christmas trees, for example. During September, you've got if you look at the prices of christmas trees they may be 10 pound 
as it goes towards October, it will go towards £15. And then it goes towards December, it will become £30. And you can see that visually in a chart because it's going up slowly as the months become more closer towards Christmas, as the demand starts increasing. And then let's say Boxing Day will start, you know, dropping in price. Or maybe even closer, uh, the few days before Christmas, it will start dropping in price because people have already accumulated, people have already bought their uh, Christmas trees. So you will start seeing a slow decline in prices as it leads closer towards Christmas. And even Boxing Day, you'll probably see a market crash. <laughs> There's no demand for Christmas trees. And during the phases of say January, February, there's absolutely zero demand, but you, you'll see the demand for Christmas trees at a low price is still there. So let's say, for example, during June or July, when the big institutional investors, you know, let's just say, I don't know who's the biggest Christmas tree seller, but let's just say Tesco's, for example, in around June or July, they will be buying the Christmas trees for cheaper, the two pounds, the three pounds, the four pounds, and they will start accumulating these positions and that's what happens in stocks they will these big institutions accumulate the positions while it's relatively low in price and then during october november they will start offloading these christmas trees at a higher price that's what you can see in the markets you can see cycles and richard wyckoff talks a lot about the cycles and the human psychology part of trading and having a deep understanding of these patterns you can really take advantage of them so essentially the key elements of being a great investor in stocks is knowing what to buy and when to buy and for me my experience tells me that knowing what to buy is done through fundamental analysis knowing when to buy it is done through technical analysis but often a key element which is overlooked is the part where you actually make profit and the question is really when to sell until you've sold a stock that you've invested in you haven't realized any profit so by having a strategy that incorporates taking profit healthy profit whilst leaving enough in for the longer term future so when you're able to answer these questions correctly and consistently you're able to then go out and start trading stocks There's the, the the best traders in the world are only the best traders in the world because they're able to answer those three questions what stock to buy when to buy them and when to sell them So in this part, I'll share with you my personal approach to investing um, and how I get to the answers of the questions, what to buy, when to buy and when to sell. This part might feel like it's getting a little bit technical, but it's not at all. It's actually quite simply broken down. So just follow along. So this method really works um, during bullish markets, fast markets like ones that we've been experiencing as of late, well, since March last year. Um, so I look for um, quarterly earnings, um, earnings per share that have um, increased sharply from the same quarter earnings reported in the prior year. Um, generally, I want to see at least a minimum of 
but obviously higher is better. What is earnings per share? Earnings per share is probably the most simplest um, comparable you could try to understand. Literally is their earnings, so their profit, divided by however many shares they have available in the market. So if a news agent has five shares and he's made um, 500 pound, um, every shareholder will have a EPS or earnings per share of 100 pound because it's five to 500 divided by five. So I wanna see that the EPS has grown at least by 20%. The second part that I like to see is the annual earnings increase over the last five years. One of the secrets in finding stocks that have the ability to go jump in price is that if a stock has very limited quantity of publicly available shares, this is known as the float. If there is a limited supply of shares available, that means when it's changing hands, people are going to demand a lot more for it. I'll give you an example. Imagine you were in a desert and um, you needed water. There was, there, there was lots of people that needed water. Um, and there was just this one retailer or shop selling this water. If he has a limited quantity of that water, he can demand a lot more money for it because there's a huge demand. You, you, you'll pay a lot more for water in the desert than you would if you were you know, going to the shops and there was a huge quantity available. So it's similar in stocks. If there's a low supply, there is a good chance that that stock will increase in value quite fast. When there is an equal amount of people selling and an equal amount of people buying, there isn't going to be much of a price movement. But when there's an imbalance of supply and demand, that's when you will find that the price is really starting to um, trend up. There's other um, metrics that I look for. is preferred that institutional backing to the company. I like to invest with the big institutions because they happen to invest with millions and trillions of pension funds and etc. It just gives a little bit more confidence in the stock. Another determining uh, factors include, you know, market direction, making sure that the stock is moving in a you know, in a healthy trending environment and making sure that they're in a good stock group. You know, for example, lately, the EV sector has been hot. So if your stock is a good company in a good sector, it's it's likely to do, do better than a good stock in a bad sector. So what do I look for when I'm decided what stock to buy? The next question is when to buy it. So that's when I go into the technical side of trading, which is really looking for the chart patterns that are repeatable. So ones that I love to use are uh, William O'Neill's cup and handle pattern. I like to use the VCP pattern developed by Mark Navini. The volatility contraction pattern is one of my favorites. The high type bull flag, which is great. There's so many different patterns, you know, the ascending triangle, descending triangle, there's literally hundreds out there. And 
but the ones that I use the most is the VCP and the cup and handle and probably the ball flag as well. And the last one is when do I sell? I have a strategy for different accounts that I use. I have a long-term account, I have a medium swing trading account and I have a day trading account. So it really does depend on your strategy um, and what you're looking to gain from the, um, from the trade. But for me, I can hold from anywhere from five minutes to two months to what, you know, years. So my when to sell happens when I've hit my profit target, percentage target, and the rest will follow. Um, maybe go into my long term if I've made enough profit to to sit in my long term account, or if I don't have much confidence in it, it might it might just be um, sold straight away. Thanks so much for the insight here, Kosh. That's an amazing amount of complexity that you've broken down into simple terms. Guys, please follow him on Instagram on at Kosh underscore trading. And also check out his YouTube page, Kosh Trading, where he puts out videos on stocks he thinks are going to do well. I know there's a lot of information to try and digest here with lots of jargon you probably aren't familiar with. But don't worry, listening to this is step one in the process to adding a second source of income. There's bound to be lots of questions, so if you have any, drop me or Kosh a message and we can have a more tailored one-on-one discussion. So I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and have taken some knowledge and motivation to get yourself trading. Again, if you have any questions, opposing views or feedback, DM me on Instagram on at Podcast, and we can continue the discussion. Until next time on Kels Talks, stay safe and keep learning. Thank you.